he has made an incredible transition from the NBA to television. Few have ever done it as well and as seamlessly as he has. It is Ryan Hollins on the program with us. He is a Bruin, takes so much pride in being a part of UCLA and what they've accomplished, took them to a Final Four. I don't know how he has time for this interview, but Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, man, no, thanks for having me, brother. Anytime, man, you know that Bruin, Bruin love lasts. <laughs> No question about it. And we actually met when you were in Memphis. I was working as a, a local television sports reporter out there and then started working at UCLA. And then, of course, it's Ryan Hollins. He's such a big part of what the Bruins were able to do. So last night, and you were in-game tweeting this, they re-aired your game that you were part of in the Sweet 16 in 2006 against Gonzaga. For a guy like yourself that had come into that game shooting 60% from the free throw line, how did you go six for six, including those two makes at the end there that really helped your team? Man, honestly, at that point in time, uh, I was just ready to do anything to win the game. And, you know, when your back is against the wall, you got two choices. Either shrink and fold under the pressure or, you know, lock in and give it everything you have. And I was just tired of having losing seasons at UCLA and not, you know, living up to expectations. So for me, I, I never even thought about those free throws. Like, it's crazy. Like, I, there was never a thought process. Like, I just, I just did it. And you guys were down by 17 in that game. Was there ever a thought, Ryan, that came across your mind, well, man, this is just too big of a margin to make up or maybe obviously maybe some drought or some some doubt kind of felt to come in or or were you always believing always believing the whole way i don't think we had time to think i mean we were so locked in on i know it sounds like a, a you know a cliche but like we played one possession at a time uh and i just think there's frustration that set in a little bit but like there's two types of frustrations. You know, you, you get frustrated and you start to have silly fouls and you do some stuff, but I, I just believe we started to play harder. You know, we battled for every rebound. Uh, we tried to deny every pass. We pressured the basketball. You know, we, we really put everything out there on the line, and that's that's one of the big things that I think helped us get back in the game. But, I mean, it was even tougher, man, because they, they would not give up. And, you know, normally teams like you wait – and they'll give you a turnover. They'll have a silly foul. It's something you can capitalize on. But they, they gave us none of the above. Ryan Hollins joins us. You can find him on ESPN, Fox Sports Radio, anywhere there's a television. It will be Ryan Hollins on there. Ryan, you had the opportunity in that game, obviously, to play Adam Morrison. And you could tell that he was talking some smack out there. What were some things that you remember when playing him and just sort of that, that rivalry tra- chatter that he had going on? I couldn't tell why, you know, the game ended up being so personal for him. And, you know, he was. He was talking – he was, like, talking crazy to us on the foul line. And, you know, most of the time you can talk back to a guy when you guys are winning or the guy's not that good. But he backed up all of his trash talk. So it was really crazy to to play against him and see, you know, what he was bringing to the table. And, you know, our defense was so good back in 2006 that – if you're going to beat us, you had to be a complete player. And, uh, you know, if you were just a shooter, we take you out. You know, just a post player, you, we take you out. But Adam Morrison could run pick and roll. He could pass. He could shoot the three. He could finish up the rim. He could do everything. 
and that presented so many problems for us. I mean, there are times when our guys were draped all over him, and he still knocked down the shot. What was your reaction, which has really become a moment that maybe he would like to forget, or it's always going to be tied to him, him sprawling out on the, the court afterwards in tears, crying. When you saw that, what were you thinking? I wanted to let him know that, for me, me and Aaron go over to pick him up, and that we had none but respect for him, and that he's one of the best players that I had ever seen play or played against at that time, and that he's going to have a, a long career. That's what we told him. We gonna, I said, you're going to have a long career in the NBA, man, and there's there's nothing for you to hang your hat off of or, or you know, be, be frustrated about because that easily could have been us on the other side. And that's, that's what I saw. But he was, he was so good. You know, you you know, you know play certain guys, like, ah, he wasn't that good. Or he was just, no, he was like, he was that good. What was something that happened in the locker room after that game that was memorable, that was different, maybe something that was said to you from a teammate that stuck with you and that you hold on for a lifetime? I don't think we knew how to act, to be honest. Uh, coach, you know, kind of gave the speech, you know, hey, celebrate tonight. You know, let's get back to work the next day. But I don't I don't think anybody knew what to say because, you know, we had this great run. Everything was put into it and we were ready to go home in the Sweet 16. And that wouldn't have been the first day, you know, Sweet 16. We were going home. You know, there was no more tournament, you know, and I had people tell me that, you know, the NCAA tournament would be the hardest thing you had done in your life basketball wise because these teams come at you so hard and. I, you know, I, I get it now. Like, I understand. But we came, you know, a half away from being down 17 to, you know, going to the national championship game. And, I mean, it, if it wasn't us putting every single bit of what we had into it, you know, it's that slim. It's literally that slim of a margin when you play a team uh, of that caliber. And, you know, we, we were still in amazement. I, I honestly do to this day. I don't think I really realized what we did. And I I think it's sinking in for the rest of my teammates, too. Ryan, when you fast forward, and you've been such an ambassador for UCLA basketball, becoming a part of the program, and I know Mick Cronin has brought you on to talk to the players and just how awesome that must feel, to get inside the minds of these Bruins who are playing so well at the end of this season and then to find out everything that took place with the coronavirus if you were to kind of get in touch with that sentiment that the guys were feeling, what do you think it was like for them, knowing how well they played and then not being able to show that on the court in the Pac-12 tournament and then, of course, in the NCAA tournament? Man, I'm absolutely, absolutely broken for these kids uh, because a lot of these kids have aspirations to be professional ball players, And you get into a situation, a lot of those guys similar to myself, where they had to have a good tournament uh, to go pro or to be, you know, in the rankings. I ended up being drafted 50th in the uh, NBA draft. And my team led them to the national championship. But if I don't have that run at UCLA, I never have a chance to play pro. So I, I, I'm just, it's just so tough for these kids now. And, you know, the NCAA tournament, it, it's something It's like, it's like jumping in a swimming pool, man. Like, yeah. you, know, like you just got to get in. Like, I can't explain to you, hey, the water's going to feel like this. Hey, hey, the water's wet. 
Like, what do you mean wet? What is that like? <laughs> you have to get in the game and play to see what it's like. And a lot of these guys uh, were, were robbed of that opportunity. And all, all those guys look up to you. What was it like for you to come back and, and talk to the players and for Mick Cronin to invite you to campus and get to know the players and connect with them? I think I was humbled that I had their ears still. Uh, because you can easily, you know, kids can tune you out. That's that's not a big deal. And you can just kind of be the old guy, <laughs> the old guy hanging around. Uh, but none of them, none of them treated me like that. So uh, I, I think it, that it was really cool to give back. And uh, I, I think it had been the first time in a while, I might say that, you know, a sense of Bruin pride had been brought back. Because UCLA's really big on bringing back, oh, Walls and then Kareem. And, you know, it's even to a certain extent, those guys. But, sure. yeah, I, I just believe even almost, you know, from 1995 after, we're really forgotten. And uh, we, we had some really big years. Uh, but I, I just think there's still more. And we're coming into that age where, you know, you're, you're, you're 10 plus, you know, 14, 15 years removed from yeah. those games. And, it, you know, it's, it's time to have some love shown this way, if that makes sense. How much do you see Ben Hallen in Mick Cronin? Defensively, yeah. No nonsense, yeah. But Mick's more of a people person. You know, Ben was able to take more of a my way or the highway approach, but that was really the culture of basketball at the time. Uh, I think Mick takes his time to get back to these kids a little more. Um, but it's in the sense of structure, you know, I, I can I can definitely see the similarity in the two. Mixed offense is better. We were bad on offense, man. I gotta, <laughs> we were really bad. Uh, there are a couple games where we lit it up or we scored well or we got out in transition, but uh, our offense really wasn't that good. Everything was really run through a follow or farmer, and if they didn't score, uh, we, we had some tough outings. When did you think that this year's team started to give you the sense that they were going to turn it around? Was there a game? Was there a play? I know Mick Cronin has been asked this a gazillion times, and it's not really one instant where he could pinpoint. But where during last season did you say, man, this is not the team of the past. We finally have that pride back, and it's great to be a Bruin. You know, it's crazy, man. I, me and Coach text all the time, and um, I forget who we were losing to. But our guys were picking up full court and challenging the dribble. And, like, like we played – our guys played to the end of the whistle. And these kids today don't play to the end of the whistle. Interesting. And I text Coach after the game, and I said uh, – actually, I tweeted it, as a matter of fact. I text Coach, too. I said, uh, I like where our guys are. We're going to be all right. Like, we compete. Like, it means something. It means something. So when I saw that – their run really didn't surprise surprise me, and um, from watching the guys early on, um, I was like, "Yo, we have a chance to be a really good college basketball team. We're maybe not tall, maybe we don't have that NBA player that stand out, you know, lottery pick, but I'm like, hey, we're a really good basketball team. So when the run came together, I always said, if we play hard, play together, like this team has a real chance at being special. And I mean, my God, they surpassed even my expectation. If you were to guess, obviously I'm, I'm in the belief that they would make the NCAA tournament. How far could this team go? Cause I have a feeling Ryan, that this is not one of those teams that if they got in the tournament, we're going to be just at one round and out. I felt like they had some, a run brewing in them, man. 
I, I believe they did in the sense, you know, like, what was big for me, like, our guys are battle-tested. And there's a value. number of those games going down the stretch, especially in Pac-12, as competitive as it was this year, uh, we played, our guys played a lot of close games, a lot of close games down the stretch. So, you know, moving forward, I'm like, yo, this is going to pay off NCAA tournament time, conference tournament time. You have to go and play those tough games because now I find out who you are. Let's say there's a play, you know, mid-pick and roll, right? Sure. How good are we in mid-pick and roll? Like, is mid-pick and roll a play we can run at the end of the game? Hey, if there's a last-second shot, who are we going to put on the other team's best player? Do we have that guy? And our team figured out uh, who those guys were. Our freshmen grew up. I always say freshmen are sophomores by the end of the year. And they were. We, we were in a really good place. What would you say to Chris Smith? Because he improved immensely this season. He still has some eligibility left. And maybe there's that thought that he could at least test the waters at the next level. You've been through that whole process. What, would, what kind of advice would you have for Chris Smith during this time? He's got to test the waters uh, because of his size, length, athleticism, and skill set and see if he can be a pro. Um, I wouldn't sign with an agent, uh, but I would make sure I give it 110%. He may be a guy like a Trevor Ariza that, remember, Trevor Ariza's like, oh, whoa, Trevor's leaving and he's going to be drafted, and the, the dude has a still playing basketball to this day. Yeah. Uh, but he could be one of those type of guys that just tests well. Uh, he had the ball in big moments. He grew up. Um he irritated me because watching him earlier on, because I was like, yo, this kid is a pro right here. Mm-hmm. But he's very sloppy, very careless with the ball, with the basketball. But he grew up on the court, man. And those minutes served him well. He was really good for us. But I went side with the agent. I believe he has to test, though. And if things go well, uh, he, he's going to have to come out. Is there anything missing from this team looking at next year? What would you say is there? their their vulnerability because I don't see a whole lot of that if everybody comes back I think uh point guard play we could use another point you know you're putting so much in, in Tiger's hands he's got to do really everything you can use another point guard even if it's like a, a, a small forward or a power forward that can pass and play make another guy you can run the offense through and facilitate and you know playmaking is such a, a loose word if you think about it but a playmaker is a guy who can score his own points but can also go and create shots for others. So we don't have another guy with that mentality. Uh, so that's something we can get. You know, maybe even it's a, uh, you know, an athletic shot blocker. We got really strong rebounder types in there. Maybe like a rim runner uh, might help. Uh, but I, I, I really like what we have, honestly. You know, I, I'm really nitpicking. <laughs> yeah. something on. If, uh, if Ryan Hollins had some eligibility, man, what a, what a treat that would be. Ryan, I can't thank you enough. You, uh, you certainly are doing the Bruin community so much in terms of all that you're accomplishing. You're making all, all of us so proud, and I hope I get to see you at Fox Sports Radio down the road here soon because I know your schedule is booked and love hearing everything you say about basketball. I seemingly learn uh, anytime you talk, I'm learning. So I really do appreciate all your input and your commentary. Oh, man, you're too kind, brother, man. I appreciate you having me, man. Thank you. <laughs> and next time, I want to ask you about the role that Earl Watson played with you at, at UCLA and how much he helped you. So maybe we'll do that next time if you have the time. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely.
That is the great Ryan Hollins here on Locked On Bruins. Hope you enjoyed that one-on-one interview with him as he has a very busy schedule. It's so cool to see all the different platforms he is on, Talking Hoops. And once they get that NBA going again, past coronavirus, you're going to see a whole lot of him popping up on your television. Coming up next week, one guest to look forward to, Josiah Johnson. He was also a part of the Bruin basketball team a couple years ago. He has become a, a media savant, big-time deal, and he will join us to give us his current look at the team and also will dive into some of his own memories while he was a Bruin wearing that UCLA uniform. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks again for checking out the show. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Brian Fenley, Brian with a Y, F-E-N-L-E-Y. We'll keep this content going, entertain you during a lot of this quarantining that is going on in our country. Hopefully this will help pass the time, and then we'll have sports up and running once again very soon. This is Locked on Bruins. I'm Brian Fenley.